Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And today, I am very, very excited to be bringing you a show with a person who I don't know personally, but I should. (laughs) That's what I was told. (laughs) And I took Mm -hmm. the advice, and I got in touch with her. And I'm very excited about it because her work is pivotal my word, pivotal in, in the lives of men and women and in my life, in my every single day life, in my relationship. And I'll explain more about that as we go on in the show, but I just want to say, you know, I, she's not in my vicinity. We're recording this, but if I could touch her right now, I would hug her for the way she trained the man that's in my life. That's, what better thing could I say about anyone? So without further ado, let me tell you who she is. Her name is Allison Armstrong. She has, uh, she leads PACS programs. She, she, they're your source for understanding men and women. She distinguishes human instincts that compel both men and women to behave in ways that contradict and undermine our own purposes, goals, values, needs, and relationships. She offers partnership-based alternatives, giving millions of people access to more fulfilling lives, loving relationships, stronger families, and productive organizations. And when when we talk, you will hear some of these things that have influenced my life. So welcome to my show, Alison Armstrong. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Uh, Well, I couldn't... I just couldn't go on after my partner, Michael, introduced me to your programs. We were on a drive for my and his birthday to the Grand Canyon. And he said, I'm bringing these, these CDs. You have to listen to them. Now, I've heard about you before from other people, but it was like this was compelling. The man that I love and adore gets in the car and goes, we got to listen to these CDs, something I would do. So I said, okay. And we, we kind of laughed and cried the whole way, driving from Phoenix to the Grand Canyon. And I was enthralled. I was just enthralled by how specific you are, how wonderful the programs are. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about how did, you, how did you become this in the world? How did you um, understand men and understand women? I mean, when you were in seventh grade, did, did your guidance counselor say you were going to become... <laughs> no, 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 no. Most of my teachers recommended I become a lawyer mm. because I because I argued with them all the time. <laughs> it didn't matter really what class it was. I wanted to know more. I wanted to know why. I wanted to know, but what about? Um, so very curious and. 
and always just standing up for logic. Logic has always been really important to me. And when people, um, like, for example, they'd be talking about history and they're saying why a certain people did something and it made no sense. And, you know, just because it's in a book, I should, I should believe it. It made no sense. <laughs> people, right? So, um, I, I've always been compelled to make sense of things, to unwind it. You know, my, my father's an engineer. His father was an engineer as a petroleum geologist, you know, and um, I just, the way I put it is instead of taking apart radios, I taking apart men and women mm. and, and just like, so why, what's the good reason for that? What if, what if we're not broken? What if we're not misbehaving? What if we're not stupid? What if we're not actually selfish and self-centered and inconsiderate? What if there's a good reason for everything we do? And and just keep keep searching until honestly, I keep searching until I get to the point where a different choice could have the biggest impact with the least amount of effort, the least amount of suffering, the least amount of constraint, because freedom is my highest value. Mm. So I'm always looking for the thing that we could do, the thing we could say, the information we could divulge, um, the magic words, like, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Um, just what is it that at that point could change everything for the better for both of us. So, so good. Yeah, honoring you, honoring me, not one of the most important things I, I learned from from men when we used to have live workshops, there was a, a question to a panel, what did you have to compromise to be married? And this man said, I don't believe in compromise. And I mm. thought, wow, he's not going to be married long. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then because you know I'd been taught compromise is very important for marriage, mm-hmm. and he went on to say he said he said I don't believe in compromise. I want my wife and I to stay in it and duke it out until we come up with something better. And mm. yeah, and that caused me to look compromise up in the dictionary. And it's at a, a negotiation where each side gives up something important. I thought, oh my gosh, no wonder he doesn't want to compromise. No wonder no man ever wants to compromise because when a man says something's important, that is the next strongest word he has to I require it, mm. to I need it, right? Yeah, so it's important. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's the next, it's the word right next to I would die without it. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, so why, so if you notice, anytime we've ever given up something important, we end up resentful. And resentment, of course, causes all these mental and emotional disconnects, which, of course, you know, immediately results in a physical disconnect. And so, wow, we need to learn to not compromise. We need to learn how to be uncomfortable with the tension of we haven't solved this yet. We're not going to rush to a conclusion. We're going to hang out here until we come up with something beautiful, which I found out, you know, things that are truly beautiful are naturally sustainable, mm-hmm. right? When when both people think they've gotten the better side of the deal, those are deals that last for a really long time. 
Yeah, so that's the true yeah. nature of what you're saying is a win-win situation where you really do win and you were mm-hmm. willing to you were willing to be uncomfortable rather than put a band-aid on it or give up the price of admission being too high. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and let's keep talking about it until we've revealed what isn't important. What I thought I cared about, but when it comes down to no that's that's just something I'm supposed to have, but I don't actually want it, right? Let's keep talking until everything that doesn't matter becomes clear and falls away and all we're left with is what really does matter. And now how do we arrange this so we both get what really matters? This man, and, this man who was on yeah. the panel with you, I mean, have uh-huh. you, does he know that, no. that he changed the game for you? He doesn't know. <laughs> I, I don't think he does unless he's heard me quote him somewhere. I don't wow. remember his name. I would totally say his name and credit him if I remembered. It was just <laughs> shocking. I don't believe in compromise. <laughs> what? Right? I mean, that was that was right up to one of my one of my favorite questions in our sex and intimacy course was, um, does breast size matter? Mm. Right? And this and this man, he said with tremendous conviction, every breast should have a size. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you just cracked it. It was perfect. Perfect. So good. Yeah. Go ahead. So you've been at this for how many years? Ah, Since 1991. February of 1991 is when I started studying men. Um, It's funny we were talking about it. I was actually in a course at Landmark Education mm-hmm. and my friend sitting next to me, she she raised her hand and she demanded of the instructor, why is it that men are wonderful in the beginning and they will take you to romantic places and they'll give you gifts and they'll listen to you talk about your dogs and your family as if they care. And then after a few weeks or a few months, they turn into sports watching, pizza eating, beer belching, couch slugs. Why is that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't do a Texas accent, but if you can imagine Texas accent, red hair, pink lipstick, hand on her hip. She she was demanding an answer. And and the forum leader, um, his response was, he said, oh, I see, you're a frog farmer. <laughs> a what? Right? I get it. You have to kiss a lot yeah. of frogs until you find a prince. I mean, I get what that forum leader meant. <laughs> well, yeah. And what he said was, you know, some women turn frogs into princes. Mm-hmm. You, my dear, turn princes into frogs. Mm. And that's when my my life literally flashed before me and all my relationships and and really how good I was at frog farming because I thought men were, were cons mm. and they were just showing you what would sell until you were sold. And then once they knew they had you, uh, their real selves emerged. And uh, and what he said, it was awesome for me because, because it meant maybe I had something to do with it. And if I had something to do with it, I could do something about it. That's and, right. Yeah. And so 
So I was sitting there going, whoa, what if I'm bringing out the worst in men? But, but I just do what everybody else does. Oh, boy. Okay, so <laughs> I better not look to women for how to fix it. <laughs> so that's when I thought, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out what it is that brings out the worst in them. And this question popped into my head, what if men are responding to women? And that's where I started, was just trying to find out ways that men were responding to women. So what did she do? What did she say? What was the look on her face? What was her attitude? And in the process, I found out all kinds of ways men are not responding to women. Mm-hmm. So things we, take, things we take personally that we just we shouldn't take them personally at all. They have nothing to do with any woman. Not his mother, not his ex-wife, not you, nothing. It has to do with being a man. And... So, yeah, that was February of 1991. I thought, honestly, Laura, I thought it would take two or three months to learn everything. I did. I thought it would take two or three months to learn everything that was worth knowing about men because, of of course, I knew men were shallow. And now, 28 years later, I'm they still blow my mind. Yeah. I want to just say something. I want to make a context for the now, which is it seems that your work is needed more than ever in the pursuit of understanding men and understanding women because of what's happened in our world. We don't have to get too into it. I always mention it in the shows, though. I'm very disheartened by what's happened as a result of Me Too and this new Meg Tao, which is the women blaming men like crazy, some true, some not true, definitely needing to get the air out, but then just making them all wrong and men deciding to not have anything to do with women. Uh, That's very sad for me. I feel like we need each other and I feel in my gut that your work is more so needed and necessary than probably ever for people to understand each other and for people to work it out. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm in advance thanking you for what you do and I'm saying, yeah, they're, the men blow my mind too. They're so awesome. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, and, and something. Go ahead. If I could say something about two parts of that. Yeah. Um, one is that by mostly in studying men, I spent a lot of time listening, and most of what men wanted to talk about was women and how amazing women are, and mm-hmm. how much they love them, and how much they admire them. And I was shocked. I was shocked. I, I, what? And I actually, listening to men, I began seeing women differently and myself differently. And I actually am more respectful and honoring of myself because of what men taught me about who women are. And... And with you, um, the sadness for me about hashtag me too is the, the falseness. I mean, truth is my second highest quality right next to freedom. Mm. Um, and the falseness of perpetuating the idea that only men abuse power. And Amen. I have, yeah, I mean, that's the whole premise is that men abuse power. Women honestly abuse power equally. It's a different kind of power, but we're we're vicious with it, and 
And so that's, that's to me the part that's just, it's just false. And all abuses of power are, um, in any context, are reprehensible, but they're also understandable. If you pay attention to human instincts, people have needs, compelling instinctual needs, that they are driven to do whatever it takes to fulfill them. And the difference is that good people are ashamed of what they did, and bad people are not. Mm. And, yeah, so I actually did a whole hour and a half with my, for my leadership um, on hashtag me too. And, and really what it comes down to what I, what I think it comes down to is each of us looking at what is my part in the abuse of power? What is my part in being complicit? What is my part in ignoring it? What is my part in not standing up to it? What is, what, where do I abuse power? Whether it's as a parent a wife, a woman, a man, an employer, a citizen. It's human nature. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, thank you. I'm glad you mentioned it because yeah. until we, in my view, until we become responsible for having human instincts, we won't have enough awareness to choose behavior that supports our dreams and love and passion and intimacy and peace. Right? None of our instincts pull for any of that. Mm-hmm. Really well said. Thank you. Thanks for, for uh, thanks for responding to my uh, to my statement about it. We're going to take a short break here, and um, when we come back, I'm going to ask you about some of the tenets of your programs. You know, how are men and sure. women different? Some you know some of the basics. And uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers, and today I'm interviewing Allison Armstrong, who has who offers PAX programs, P-A-X programs. And um, Allison, she talks about men. Her website, by the way, is understandmen.com, and she makes programs for men and for women to understand each other. And if we ever needed that in our lives, it's right now that we need it the most. So this is so timely that she's on the show today. So stay tuned. We're coming right back. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it. You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? 
attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers, only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to butterflyworkshops.com. That's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. My question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra is safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So, I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So, if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. We are back with Sex and Happiness. Again, I'm Laurie Handlers, and my guest today uh, is Allison Armstrong, who... I'm excited to have on the show. I, it's, a, it's, it's just a great opportunity. It took a while to, to book her on this show, and she has great wisdom to share with us about men and women. And this stuff comes up in all my classes. Um, if, I, if I'm teaching a class on sacred sexuality, there's all this distrust. There's all this, if, if a man is a little older than some of the women in the class, there's all these projections, there's all kinds of stuff. And really what I've come to know is that men just want to love and appreciate us and they want to get things right. And Allison is a big force in teaching men how to get things right with women. So Allison, what are some of the basic tenets that you could tell us in a short segment, you know, about, <laughs> you know, about the program? Obviously, I'm not asking you to deliver the program, but hopefully people will peak uh, their curiosity and their interest will be so peaked if they haven't heard of you um, that they will 
he, that they will go and find you after this. So, yeah. so what are some of the basic things that you could tell us or the differences? You know, you mentioned okay. in the first segment about saying, I'm sorry I hurt you, but we can, we can save that till the end of this segment. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I chuckled because right now I have 99.4 hours of online curriculum. Mm. And that's just the video part. That's not every other thing because um, I interact with our students live every week. So I just chuckled. Yeah, in 15 minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize 99 hours worth of stuff. Um, but, but I can't. But I can, I can give some things that, are, that really help. Um, so one of the things is if you just start at the level of human instincts, right, before gender, Mm-hmm. And the way we've been able to articulate it is there's a hierarchy of instincts that even goes beyond humans. And if you start looking at human behavior through this, um, so many things can be illuminated. And the hierarchy is procreate, then protect, then provide. And this is something really important to figure out. We knew it was procreate and protect and provide, but when we saw the hierarchy, all of these things made sense. So may I give an example going backwards? Sure. Okay. So one of the things that's really hard for women is that often it seems like we're dealing with at least two different men. And one of them is really kind and generous and cooperative and even like trying to anticipate what we need. And the other is like a, a cranky, irritated, rude no. <laughs> so <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I was finally try, finally able to unwind is that, yes, men are their natural providers, as are women. Women have their own procreate, protect, and provide. So men are natural providers. They want to provide. They want to provide what matters, right? They want to provide what's really important, right? What's not worth compromising over, like don't compromise over. And and so in when they're in provide mode, they, they're mind-boggling. They can challenge our abilities to receive. Even after all these years, I'm still challenged. Mm. And, and so... That's one of the things that makes it shocking when you're used to someone being really generous and you ask them something like I did yesterday. Honey, do you think when you pick up the eggs, you could bring some home for the neighbors? Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought he'd be like, okay. Uh-uh. I got this cranky response. No, I don't want to get involved in anything like that. Well, thank goodness, I was smart enough to go, okay, wait a second. I just ran into the protector. Protect Trump's provide. Okay, what is he probably protecting? And knowing Greg, as well as I do after 27 years of being together, I could figure out, you know, he'd be protecting his time, he'd be protecting his energy. And then he said this thing. He said, I don't want to change my routine. I want to come and go as I want. I don't have to deliver eggs to somebody. <laughs> this, may sound funny. this may sound funny to people. people. This may sound funny to people who live in this city, but on, to go get the eggs that I need given my diet 
you know, that's like an hour and a half round trip for my mm-hmm. husband. And, and one of Greg's highest values, like mine, is freedom. And for him, as a retired person, freedom is doing whatever you want, whenever the heck you want to. And so, you know, he immediately hallucinated that he'd have to have the eggs back by a certain time every Wednesday. And what's that going to do to his freedom? <laughs> I so totally funny. get it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, and then if you look at that procreate, right? So procreate mm-hmm. obviously is sex, but it isn't just sex. Procreate is generating. Procreate is building. So a man in his career, he is procreating. And especially what we would call a middle prince, right? They're procreating. And and if a man is is a business, for example, and he's building a business, the intensity of the energy, it's the highest level you can have. I mean, this is why sex is what sex is. But but building is the same kind of energy as sex. Mm-hmm. And and it trumps protect and provide. So if a man is building, for example, a business and you're trying to talk to him about, honey, your son needs you to spend time with him, it literally doesn't compute. It doesn't compute. He can feel bad about not spending time with his son, but it doesn't change the way that his time and energy and resources are allocated because it's going to go to procreate first. And then once you create something, now you protect it. And after you've protected it, now you provide for it or you provide it for others. And, and if you just look at human behavior through this, okay, what, who am I talking to now? Am I talking to a warrior? <laughs> or am I talking to a hunter, right? So the warrior is the protector, the hunter is the provider, and you take that and now apply it to communication, right? How do warriors communicate? How do hunters communicate? Well, warriors, everything's on a need-to-know basis, right? They're going to protect anything that they care about. They're going to protect anything that could be used against them, anything that could be turned into a weakness, right? Right? So their default relationship in warrior mode, and by the way, women go into warrior mode too, when they don't trust somebody, they act just like a man. That's we right. shut down. We conceal, right? We don't mm-hmm. give details to people we don't trust, right? So, so if I'm, yeah, so in a man, his, his default relationship to communication is to conceal, and because his impulse is always to conceal, Men have this thing they call a respect for privacy. It's what they want and it's what they provide, right? Well, did you ask John about how it's going with his wife? No. Why not? Well, if he wants me to know, he'll tell me. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So there's, so there's a respect for privacy. There's a, an assumption that if you want me to know. And women, oh, my gosh, we get our feelings so hurt because for us, right, we feel safe when we're connected. And one of the ways to be connected is if you're interested in what's going on with me and how I know you're interested is because you ask me questions, except for you never ask me any questions, except for maybe how was your day 
And if I give you more than a one-word answer, you get a really funny look on your face. <laughs> yeah, right? amazing. Yes, absolutely amazing. Different, totally yeah. different, different wiring. It's de- it's definitely different wiring. And one of the, oh my gosh, one of the biggest ways it, it, this shows up is what's natural for us as women is to relate to the thing we call feelings in the middle of our chest. I mean, it's literally... I assert it's our connection to the eternal and it's why when our feelings are hurt, we are disconnected from the eternal and we can't find ourselves and it's terrifying. And the only cure is someone generous enough to say, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. (gasps) Okay. I'm reconnected. Right. (laughs) And right. And, and Michael, Michael completed our understanding women course where we get to teach men why the swords of truth and logic (laughs) will not have any impact on a woman whose feelings you've hurt. And if you try to go at it with truth and logic, you're going to end up with a 30-foot fire-breathing dragon that's going to burn you to a crisp. And really, all you have to do to defeat that dragon is say, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. And... And helping men to get past, how could I hurt your feelings? I didn't reach out and punch you. <laughs> right. They don't understand, but I, I actually yeah. heard this part of your one of your tapes where the man stood up and he said, he, you were interacting with him and he said, uh, but I didn't, you know, and he logically told you what he did do. And you said to him, you want what works or do you want... Or do you want to just go around and around and around and around and around and around and and fail at this? Just say, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. And, you know, I hope you got it. I don't know. But I I do remember remember the first time that Michael said that to me. Um, He didn't say it exactly like that. He asked me to call him when I was driving home from a meeting. And when I got on the phone with him, he was not available. He was doing... He was texting or doing something else. And so it was like very frustrating for me. I was so excited. I wanted to talk and I had waited all day. And then I, he said, well, I got to go. And I said, okay, you called this call. What are you doing? You told me to call you. I'm calling you. And now you're texting and you got to go. And he said, well, are you upset? And I said, I know how to take care of myself. And then I, you know, I was mad. I hung up. And then I, I think he called me back and he said, I'm sorry, I'm emotionally unavailable. <laughs> and I went, where did he learn that? Who is this? Who am I yeah. talking to? He, someone yeah. must have trained him to say that. <laughs> I said, well, I definitely didn't train him to say it that way. He put it together. Um, but we have found that I'm sorry I hurt your feelings are precisely magic words. And on the flip side of it, though, for for a man or woman in hunting mode or protector mode, warrior mode, the issue isn't feelings. What happens is being disrespected. Mm-hmm. If you disrespect, you disrespected my time, my energy, my knowledge, my resources, my commitment, my accountability. If you disrespected that, and when a, like a man says you disrespected me, 
literally a woman will look in her body to see if she had any feelings of disrespect. And if she didn't have any feelings of disrespect, she thinks, how could I have disrespected you? Mm. Well, the disrespect was not in what you felt. The disrespect was in what you did. Yes. Right? Even if you had good intentions, what you did was disrespectful. And and so as hard as it is for a man to say, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, when that seems illogical, it's hard for women to say, I'm sorry I disrespected you, when there's no feeling of disrespect that makes that seem true. And this is one of the biggest differences between men and women is the orientation around action versus orientation around feelings and it causes so many problems because we think because we're like this we think a man's actions are based on his feelings and if he's not acting right it's because he doesn't feel right and this leaves women trying to get men to feel differently about them so they'll act differently towards them and that's not hooked up for men Right. In fact, men are men are ashamed when their actions are driven by their feelings. They're ashamed of that. To them, that's dishonorable. Mm. Honor is doing the right thing no matter how you feel. <sighs> so good. <laughs> so good. I have that. You wanted some basic pieces. That's basic for me because I came from Landmark, and that's... Uh, and that's very male-oriented. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. one of the things that's really hard for women, by the way, who you know grew up where I did and you were, and that is to learn that our feelings aren't everything, but our feelings are our connection to the sacred. Mm-hmm. And if we dishonor them, we dishonor the source of our magic. Sorry about that. Huh. Yeah. Do you want me to say that again? I was compelled to lower blinds, and then I realized that's really noisy. Oh, I didn't. Do you want me to say it again? Okay, good. Say it again anyway, because it was really good, really, really yeah. good. Yeah. So, as women, especially the more we're in the workplace and the more we're in warrior and hunting mode, we will we will disregard our own feelings. They will be. They will be considered irrelevant by ourselves and others, and and that might be fine in the workplace, but in terms of being nurturing, in terms of being what I would call a queen, in terms of being someone who's influential in the you know in the best ways, our connection to our feelings is our connection to the sacred, and mm. a woman who disconnects from her feelings. She disconnects from her beauty. She disconnects from her magic. She disconnects from an incredible source of power that would ordinarily be available to her to produce results that no amount of masculinity is ever going to get her. You know, this is uh, the part of this is like where I come in in terms of, you know, women who do that all day long and then at night they want to be a vixen in the bedroom. And it's difficult for them to turn off the whole masculine persona or what David Data calls shell that she has to live in day to day to make the living and then come home and want to be, want to surrender, want to be in her feminine, want to be 
sexy in her feminine and sensual in her feminine and go back. And it's very difficult. It's almost schizophrenic to, to do that. But I work with a lot of women like that because... Yes, everything to what you just said. <laughs> it's like, I have to disconnect that to go to work and get my briefcase and go. And then I have to come back and get connected to it again. Wow. Well, and it doesn't actually have to be that way. Um, our The course that we have called Being Extraordinary as a Woman is all about taking what might be considered innately feminine qualities and accessing them as a source of power and influence and effectiveness in any context. And we've had testimony after testimony of the results that women could produce in the workplace because they didn't turn into that other version of themselves. They actually brought their whole self to the party. And it's one of the things we've, I've heard from men about a lot. We've, we've asked, what do you love about working with women? What do you love about working with women? And there's something that estrogen does to the brain that causes us and allows us to see things that a single focus committed mind will screen out as irrelevant. And it's one of the things that men have said again and again, and they love the perspective. They love that women see things that they cannot see. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thanks for saying that, and thanks for offering that. It's good. You have very good, so timely solutions to to this lifetime we're in at at the present time. It's wonderful, really, really wonderful. We're going to take a break here. And then uh, when we come back, we're going to find out how people can actually access these things and find them and where they should start, et cetera, et cetera, because I feel like we picked a lot of curiosity just now. And I'm hoping so anyway. Um, I feel like I need to do a part two and part three and part four with you, but that's okay. <laughs> I know you've done all that already. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're listening to Sex and Happiness. This is Laurie Handlers. Today I'm having the honor of interviewing Alison Armstrong, who has her a handle on how the genders can relate to each other, what the differences are, and how you can capitalize, not in a manipulative way, but in, a, in an honest and true way, how we can get along, how we can not only survive, but how we can actually get along and enjoy each other and... and um, get the strengths that that are possible in each of us. So stay tuned. You're, you're going to hear how to get in touch, where to start, how to find out. I want you to take notes. We're coming right back. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And... You can practice Lottie Han, too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. 
this CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say, Laurie Handlers told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S, for men. We're back. And this is Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And um, interviewing Alison Armstrong. Alison, tell us where a person might begin with you, what's the first thing they should, of course, they should go to understandmen.com to your website, but what else, where should they start? Because you have so many things. You have, what did you say, 99 hours? (laughs) (laughs) 99.4 and growing. Well, um, so right at our website, there's a curriculum tab and our our curriculum is organized into three different levels because that's, how we've seen in the last 25 years, people being able to not just hear the information, but learn it, absorb it, embody it, and implement it, which is really important to me. (laughs) Um, If it doesn't get into your life, what was the point of learning it, right? So the first, yeah, so the first level is the understanding level. And it starts with understanding men and understanding women. And those are two different courses. And both men and women can start in either place. And we recommend that both men and women do both. Um, because you would assume that men understand men and women understand women. No. No. <laughs> we don't. Women do not know why they are compelled to straighten cro- crooked pillows. They do not know why something being out of place can cause a shock to their nervous system. They don't know all that, why we're compelled to do what we do, like give lots and lots of details, for example, or get our feelings hurt when someone doesn't give us details. So understanding women illuminates who women are and this ability a woman has to shift from hunting mode to gathering mode, which changes 
everything about her and makes her a moving target for men. Like what worked three seconds ago isn't working now. What happened? Um, and understanding men is all about um, who they are and what drives them and how they think and communicate and speak and listen and and ways to get way more of what we need from men with less effort that has men left empowered and wanting to give more. So that's where it starts. And then it goes to understanding sex and intimacy and love and commitment, which is some of the most powerful things that we have learned about men and women and why we choose who we choose to partner with, for example, or how a man can behave so differently about sex. Why does it relate to one woman where it just seems like he's hungry and she's a refrigerator and another woman like she's a queen and he's going to do anything he can to have her experience ultimate pleasure? What determines one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. How does it go that way? And so those are, those are full on. Those are two different courses that people often do at the same time. And I interact with everybody. I've called with everybody, which is awesome. And I know you know this as a live workshop leader. I had maybe two hours to answer questions in a whole weekend, right? I spent 12 hours a month just answering questions. It's the most fun ever. So the understanding level then is where you, then you can go on to the second level, which is called being extraordinary. And the assertion is that extraordinary lives, extraordinary relationships, extraordinary loves, extraordinary workplaces, they happen because a person is being extraordinary. It's not because you have the right strategy. It's because you're being an extraordinary human being. And our, that our relationships will never get any better than we are as individuals. So our context, our, the context of our curriculum exists inside of honor yourself first and then others. Because one of the ways to understand what's happening between us is that every one of us models, this is how you treat me. And how I treat myself is the model I am for others to treat me. And it's even worse than that, Laura, because we actually won't let anyone treat us better than we treat ourselves. (laughs) We won't. We we literally won't let them. Yeah, we won't let them. We can't receive it. We'll think we don't deserve it. And then now we're obligated and we get all our knickers in a twist. So learning to understand ourselves and accept why we do what we do and decide consciously what's worth protecting, what's worth supporting. And this is all based on what makes you, you, you uniquely you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you keep, if you can set up your life to feed you the essence of yourself instead of suck the essence of you out of you, which is what's normal. What if we kept being fed, right? Who could people be with enough appreciation, enough affection, enough admiration, enough sleep, enough alone time, enough time in nature? Who could a human being be if they kept feeding themselves? Extraordinary. They could be extraordinary, right? (laughs) And, yeah, and then the... And of course, to be able to do that, there's so much baggage that has to be jettisoned, right? So we have a whole course for that called Extreme Freedom. 
And, and then the third level is the art of partnership. And it's, it's really the domain of human spirit. So or what's, what is ordinary, just an ordinary human being is compelled mostly by instinct with occasional moments of clarity and courageous choices. The level of partnership, if you want to have partnerships, you actually have to make extraordinary choices all day long. Mm-hmm. So you have to have an extraordinary awareness of being compelled by instinct and use that awareness to realize, oh, this is a moment of choice. This tension I'm feeling in my body, this is an opportunity to choose. This compulsion I have to get this solved and get it done and work at the compromise so we can get going, oh, okay, wait. <laughs> this is not a time to choose, right? So so the art of partnership, the, the course is there. It starts at the heart of partnership and then goes into the dance of partnership and partnership at work and all this really cool partnership stuff that we do even with horses, for example, to embody partnership, that is really distinguishing the extraordinary choices to make. And there's there's 14 elements of partnership we've identified, and not a single human instinct pulls in favor of them. In fact, they all pull in the opposite direction. And I mean, that could sound like a horrible thing to find out. But I find it enormously freeing. Like, what if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're just human and what you want in your life, the the degree of intimacy and passion and connection and respect and love and joy is beyond human instincts. They'll never get us there because they're just designed for our survival. Exactly. And That's then their job is for us to survive, not to be happy. Right. Right. Yeah. What we're compelled to do will never make us happy because it wasn't meant to make us happy. So that's how it's all organized. And it's it's very logical because I can't help but be logical, as I said before. (laughs) Right. And one thing goes to another, goes to another. And I think my favorite thing about it being online is that people can buzz through it if they want. I know someone who was on her fourth course in four weeks. or they can take their time. And there's all these prompts and journal questions and things to interview other people about and just a ton of support. And people can take their time and make sure that they've what they've learned it gets into every part of their life and every relationship. And it's very exciting to me. It's so much more impactful when, than when I led all these workshops. In a week yeah, it's, it's, I, I congratulate you. I really congratulate you for doing that. I just took the step to put a lot of my programs online. And, um, yeah, it just makes greater access to a, to a wider variety of people, to people who will never make it to class and what have you. And it just puts your creativity out there. So it's something to be congratulated for. And also it's making a difference. Look. I mean, I found out about you and had the desire to call you, write you, get you on my show because I'm living at the benefit of somebody who did a bunch of your courses. And it makes a difference. He's not just some guy who fell off of a tree. He's a a guy (laughs) who really put the stuff into practice and it makes a tremendous difference. So I, I was like, you know, who are you? (laughs) <laughs> Who are you? 
<laughs> so that's what I've that's what I've been saying about men for twenty seven years. Who are you? Who are these people? <laughs> right? They're so not what I was taught. And please will you give my love to Michael? I certainly will, and I thank you, Allison, so much for doing what you do in the world, for making this big of a difference between genders and allowing people to become partners and and appreciate each other's differences, appreciate their own stuff that doesn't make sense, and and mm-hmm. and putting it out there so that they can so people can be empowered. I really, really thank you for this. So, everybody, I want to thank you all. For listening today, go find Allison Armstrong online by going to understandmen.com. Don't, I mean, don't shortchange yourself. You have an opportunity here. If you've been wondering about all this stuff and you say, oh, Laurie finally got to it on her show. Well, go then. Go to the website, understandmen.com and find what you need. And, um, and tune in next time. We'll have another amazing guest for you that will make a difference in your life. That's really all I want. Thank you so much for being my listeners and and listening week after week to my show. Thank you all. This is Lori Handler signing off for Sex and Happiness. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.